Hey, you rockin' Rockyites! Finally, our theme song matches reality. We have started hearing the first elk bugles around Rocky, which means the bulls are back in town and the rut is on. A few things to keep in mind if you're visiting us this fall. Fall weekends are super busy, like our busiest weekends of the year. Uh, Surprising, I know, but true. Uh, If you can come during the week in the fall, I highly suggest that you do that. It is noticeably less busy. But if the weekend is your only chance, which totally makes sense because you work, I'm the same way, then try to arrive before 10 a.m. or after 3 p.m. Those times are less busy. And also consider using our park shuttle service. Until October 31st, Our popular meadow areas are closed to entry from 5 p.m. to 7 a.m. That means you cannot be off of designated roads or trails between those times. This is for the betterment of the elk uh, during the rut to give them the space that they need to live their lives. We, uh, you know, they're they're not being taken care of. They're being protected, but they have to live out in the wild and do their thing. So that's to help give them time um, to have a successful rut. This closure includes Moraine Park, Horseshoe Park, Upper Beaver Meadows, Harbison Meadow, and Holsworth Meadow. There are signs posted out there, and we appreciate you for following those signs and helping our elk live the best lives that they can. And finally, do not approach elk or any other wildlife. This goes all the time. Um, we like to emphasize it in the fall. They are big animals. They are especially hyped during the fall rut. They're looking for a fight and they're feeling, uh, feeling amped up. And they can hurt you. They're very big. The minimum legal distance is 25 yards. That's about two school bus lengths. So you need to stay at least that far away. But any dis- distance that causes an animal to change its behavior is too close. So if an animal starts moving when it wasn't or because of your movement or starts staring at you or just starts acting differently because of how close you are. You are too close. So thank you for keeping those things in mind. It will help keep you safe and it will help keep our elk safe. And now let's go on to today's episode. For today's episode, I hiked to Sand Beach Lake with Mary Johnston, Historic Structures Technician for Rocky Mountain National Park, to talk about what the heck a historic structures technician does, the kinds of historic structures we have in Rocky, and the importance of preserving our past. Let's rock. And record. Set this over here up some Good wind morning. and water Sandwich. all those kinds of things what's that <laughs> good morning sandwich yeah good morning sandwich yeah so we're here at sand beach lake mm-hmm. with mary johnston hello mary what do you what are you doing here at rocky this summer uh this summer i am the historic structures technician for the park service. Historic structures. What does that mean? Um, that means old buildings. Old buildings. <laughs> uh, it could also include old trails, old roads, anything that's 
older than 50 years is technically historic. Uh-huh. Um, if it meets certain requirements, like it was significant in the past somehow, mm-hmm. then it's on our radar. And um, when it's on our radar, it's potentially on the National Register. And when that happens, it's um, we're sort of expected to keep up with them based mm-hmm. on certain standards and protect them and hopefully continue to keep them in good shape so that the history can be passed on and uh-huh. future generations can come look at these and see little pieces of our history that are scattered throughout the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for your job, are you actually out there fixing stuff or are you out there? Um... Not as much as I'd like to. Yeah. So what, <laughs> but, are, you, what are you doing? Like what's a, what's a typical day? So a typical, if a typical day, day involves me having a list of structures that are around the park some might be in the front country right next to a road it might be a comfort station it might be Uh one of the park houses others might be in the back country five miles away from the nearest road like a patrol cabin that Uh the rangers use so my job is to go out and visit these structures um and do an assessment of how well the park has been doing in um Keeping them close to their historical um, significance. So making sure any changes to the building haven't compromised the original character of it. Um, Making sure none of these buildings are being neglected in any sense. Um, None of the changes are inappropriate as in like modern updates or additions. Because Mm -hmm. we really want to keep these buildings as close as possible to their original state and how they were built. Uh Um, So just making sure they are, you know, not being neglected. Cyclic maintenance is taking care of the buildings, but... Yeah, so we have a big database Yeah, that has all the stuff in it, is that right? After I go out and visit all these structures, take photos, take notes, I come back and update this giant database that sort of serves every park in the country... Oh, really? Um, Yeah, every park in the country has their own set of structures, and all of these are in this database. That's nationwide. Yeah, like anybody from the parks or even um, individuals can go onto the site if they have a specific structure in mind or if regional offices need to know more about certain buildings in a park but they can't go out and visit them themselves, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they go into this database and based on... The work that myself and other structures technicians have, um, based on the information that we've put in there, um, it's pretty much a comprehensive timeline and update of past conditions, current conditions, any work that's been done on them, what the building looks like now, what it used to look like. Um, a lot of different divisions could use this as a resource. Based. So it all goes into this nationwide database and mm-hmm. then anywhere in the country, anyone with access to it can yeah. see what's up. Yeah, so obviously if you're a park service employee, you have a little more access to read into um, some of the technicalities of the building. Uh, but this is a website that anybody could go into. Oh, really? Even public? Yeah, uh, yeah definitely the what's public. It called? It's called the LCS 
database. What list, does that stand for? List of classified structures. List of classified Classified structures. sounds fancy, but it really just means historic. So <laughs> They've is, been classified as historic. Is everything and, on there on the register, on the National Register? Uh, yeah, so most of them are on the National Register, which is why they kind of have... explain what the National Register is yeah, for folks? Yeah, so the National Register, once a building has been sort of deemed as special in mm-hmm. history as in it served had some sort of association with an important event whether that's a local event or a national event period in time or it's related to some um, significant person mm-hmm. and that could be on a local level as well um, or even a certain style of architecture that's been deemed mm-hmm. unique or significant um, you go through a little process to have that building listed on the register. And if it retains enough of its original integrity, if it hasn't been changed too much over time, then said building or structure or road or trail is listed on the National Register. Yeah. And under that, um, there are certain acts that protect those buildings to keep them um, in its sort of historical context. Uh-huh. And um, there are certain... Um, so you can't just, like, go into an old building with beautiful wideboard floors and rip them out and yeah, put in linoleum exactly. or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Something that would are, totally change the character mm-hmm. of the building, both structurally and also from an experience level, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are some examples of uh, buildings on the register in Rocky that people might know or... Or buildings or other things, too. Well, one of the first ones they might see is the Beaver Meadows Visitors Visitor right. Center. That one's actually a national landmark. Mm-hmm. So landmarks are kind of the highest tier okay. of buildings listed on the register. So that's um, classified um, on the register. And, like, for example, in that case, mm-hmm. it has historic importance that both w- in terms of the park, but also yeah, because it so was... Yeah, so that one was built under the... Um, Mission 66 initiative. Uh-huh. Which Mission 66, I'll fill everyone in. Really yeah, quickly. please do. Mission 66, <laughs> for folks who don't know, after World War II, you had a lot of families, come, a lot of men coming back, um, some women out of different types of service, or just, it just shook everything up. You know? mm-hmm. But people were coming back. Mm-hmm. There's the GI Bill. People were starting their families. And there's, mm-hmm. you know, the baby boomer. Yeah, um, people were the doing baby better. Boom. People were doing better. And one of the results of that was that national park visitation really started going up. And so there's a recognition that, hey, we really should do something to increase visitor services to, to handle this capacity. Mm-hmm. And we want to get it done by 1966 because yeah. that was the 50th anniversary yeah, of the National the Park Service. Yeah, park facilities were it, subpar. <laughs> yeah, and there just weren't enough. Yeah. You know, just mm-hmm. the level of visitation had grown so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for the 50th anniversary, all sorts of stuff get, got built mm-hmm. and I don't know how we would describe it, but it, it's somewhat characteristic once you start seeing it, mm-hmm. it kind of has a sixties look to it and Yeah, it's kind of angular and things. So this was built as part of that push, right? Beaver yeah. Meadows and Center. in addition, it was designed by the Frank Lloyd Wright Taliesin West School. Mm-hmm. Little somewhat famous architect. Yeah, I would say. His school, yeah. <laughs> you may have heard of his name once or twice. Yeah, and people, if people are familiar, I mean, Frank Lloyd Wright himself didn't, yeah, he but it himself was his firm. did not. And it uses a lot of it, his, um, 
style. His, yeah, his styles and methods. And like the high windows, the top mm-hmm. top of the wall windows. Oh and, yeah, and Taglia. Give and, it a give it a Google if you haven't seen it. Yeah, exactly. Before. If you it's haven't seen cool it in the park, building. give it a Google, and we have a little bit of info about Where it. Where you our, and I have the pleasure of working out of. Yes, we do. It is also a lot of people don't realize this, so it is. It is Beaver Meadows Visitor Center, mm-hmm. and it's also park headquarters. So yeah. if you go to the visitor center and and you're you're wondering what's the rest of this building, it's mm-hmm. offices. Yeah, much. yeah, it's yeah, a it's, it's a really cool building. And getting out and yeah. looking at the building. And there's a there's, there's an interpretive sign outside that talks mm-hmm. about the the architectural um, importance of it of the nice. site. Yeah. yeah. So that's one for that's yeah, a big one. That's one. Um, if you've ever run into any of the backcountry patrol cabins. Yeah, if anyone's been out hiking and seen cabins out in the backcountry. Yeah. Are those all on the register? Pretty sure every single one of them is on the yeah. register. Because I, I remember, mean, those were built... what was it, two years ago when you and I hiked out to mm-hmm. North Fork Cabin, for oh, example. Yeah. And, uh, A lot of them are kind of hidden. Yeah, they, they are. They're not intended to be like seen by everybody hiking along. They're initially intended for the rangers doing patrols out in the backcountry, exactly. making sure everything's okay out there, giving yep. them a place to stay without having to right. set up tents and yeah, stuff. Yeah, for anyone who does see them, they're, they're government-owned uh, administrative facilities, so we mm-hmm. use them for, like, yeah, still law enforcement, today. backcountry patrols. If we have trails crews or backcountry crews working, they can base out of there sometimes. Mm-hmm. Very minimal. Very minimal, yeah. But, but really nice. Yeah, And what I thought typical. was neat when we were looking is that so, like, North Fork, that was mm-hmm. in the 30s, early 30s that mm-hmm. that was built, right? And yeah, it was built with, with almost all on-site materials, correct? Like, yeah. Which is incredible to me. It would be way too expensive to haul in that stuff. Yeah. and especially back then. Yeah. I mean, now it would be too, but... It was, what, like, eight miles from the nearest road or something? Six miles It was from a ways, and road? even the road that was the nearest road was... Yeah, is, hardly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it'd be, you wouldn't want to be hauling a bunch of construction no. equipment in mm-hmm. on there. Yeah, so those are all on there. What about, are any of our, is like Old Fall River Road, is that? Yeah, so many of the roads that you're driving on are actually quite old. Uh Um, Those were built late 1800s to early 1900s. So like, honestly, some of the trails predate the roads because people were using the trails to get from the west side to the east side or vice versa. There was no really... They would just have, they would, they would hike it or they would mm-hmm. take horses, take and, horses and walk it. Yeah. Um, huh. And a lot of the trails were actually established because people um, who lived in Estes Park or Grand Lake wanted to take tours up there. Oh, okay. They wanted to take people out there. So, the, so even before the it was fact, a park. Yeah. The fact that they had people wanting to get out into the park, they're like, oh, well, maybe we should just clear these ourselves then and huh. get out there. Um, of so, course, yeah. these, a few of these trails were used by Native Americans, mm-hmm. obviously, to travel mm-hmm. from the west side to the east side, crossing over the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Um, and to get up into the mountains for, for hunting. Yeah, like so those sort of laid the baseline for where... More trails would Later go. people would yeah. Yeah, start to clear them a little more. And yeah, we them. talked to um, Cynthia Langeth at Alpine mm-hmm. Visitor Center a little bit about mm-hmm. Trail Ridge Road and how a lot of it is like exactly where the trail was that Ute and later and, and Arapaho people would yeah. use later. Mm-hmm. 
and and early people even before that yeah um so i think that's pretty cool that a lot of the routes we still use have yeah i mean they make the most sense as that's what we talked about with her mm-hmm. um one thing that surprised me when i first went out with you on one of these trails was just that a lot of the trail work itself, like rock work. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the rock walls that people see when they're hiking that mm-hmm. support elevated sections of trail or um, some bridges or um, bog walks, which are <laughs> <clears throat> elevated either dirt or wood mm-hmm. or something through really marshy areas yeah. that help you hike through them without getting your feet soaked and mucky and boggy. Yeah, um, those also can count, right? Mm-hmm. Because those were created using that they're historical they were yeah using old techniques they, a lot of them were built back in the 30s and you can kind of start to see um ccc right yeah, civilian the conservation CCC, Corps. they had a really beautiful way of building some of those little rock walls that holds up the trail yeah if i remember when you showed me some of the details I was yeah like, wow you're right this is pretty if you're immaculate. on a ledge where there's a bunch of stacked rocks below you and lichen and moss growing on them pretty likely that those are some of the original it's amazing how well they fit together yeah that they're just doing like dry they're sort of characterized by yeah no cement or anything Mm -hmm. nothing like that just dry laid stacked rocks but you can tell each course so it's in layers Mm -hmm. and they kind of squared them off like chisels at the rocks to make sure they would fit together really well and just amazing really nice and tight and yeah some of those yeah i'm continually amazed as I go to more and more parks and work in different parks and my career goes on, how essential the Civilian Conservation Corps Mm -hmm. was to the parks. Like we still rely so heavily on so many things that were built during that time. Yeah. We're basically just repairing and yeah, we're just kind of repairing and maintaining them. Mm -hmm. But without them, they pretty much laid a huge amount of groundwork for for, for tons of parks, even parks that you wouldn't think of. I remember, like I did the map for Andersonville Prison, which was mm-hmm. a um, uh, a Confederate prisoner of war camp in, oh, wow. um, gosh, it's in Georgia. It's kind of near Americus, <laughs> if people know that town. Um, it's it's kind of near uh, Plains, which is where Jimmy Carter is from and where he still lives, and he has a historic site. Uh-huh. Anyway, it's this. It was this uh, horrific prisoner of war camp, as Mm -hmm. most of them were at that Mm -hmm. time. But even there, we were walking around, and there were some trails and some retaining walls and some just things that had been built to kind of shore up Mm -hmm. and make sure things would last. And there's, yep, there's a plaque, CCC. It's kind of amazing how long these things have lasted, considering, like... They were just built so... The weathering and... Carefully. They were built with such care. Yeah. And it wasn't because, I, I mean, I don't know... I just always figured because it was a it was an employment program, mm-hmm. and the whole point was to have jobs for people to do. Mm-hmm. That it was like we're building this rock wall. We want it. Yeah, you don't. We want it to be fantastic to be quality. Slow. We want it to last forever. Do uh-huh. what you got to do. Yeah. And they're using natural materials, mm-hmm. so you don't have the material cost. And so I think it was just like let's make this incredibly nice so that it'll last. Oh yeah. For a hundred years or mm-hmm. more. Definitely built know? to last. And a lot of them are getting close mm-hmm. to a hundred years and. Yeah, and, and they look great. That's the point of all of this is to keep these things intact so that there is evidence of it down the road and that other people and our kids and grandkids and yep. all those people down the line will be able to see these things because honestly the older it gets the cooler it becomes. Well, that's the thing. And that's that's what I think a lot about with historic things and things on the register is that 
there's this weird in between point. It's almost like fashion or something. Yeah. There's yeah, this yeah. weird in between point. <laughs> like when it was the night, like in the early nineties or something, you're mm-hmm. like, Oh, the eighties, that was lame. But now people <laughs> think eighties are cool because they're old enough. And, yeah. And I feel the same way with a lot of historic things, just like a rock wall on a trail. Maybe right now we're like, oh, whatever, it's a rock wall, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, then people go to, um, like, the UK or something, and they mm-hmm. see these hundreds and hundreds oh, and hundreds yeah. of year old walls. And we'll then it takes on. We'll get there one day. Yeah, it takes on this different <laughs> feeling. Yeah. Um, okay, so the- so we have a giant national list of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you are here at Rocky in the summers yep. to go around. Mm-hmm. And basically look at all of it. Yep. And document keep track it, of it. Document keep track it. of the condition yeah. and make recommendations for how the park could yeah. be doing better or how they're already doing great. And yeah. um, ways that they can sort of mitigate any problems that I see. A lot of times there's one issue that's sort of affecting a lot of different buildings uh-huh. where it's like, you know. Yep. They just need to. Just something we need to work on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so cool to me how there's so many specialized techniques for maintaining these things. Yeah. Like I remember some of those, what were they, Joyce or? Logins. Logins. Yeah, mm-hmm. the logins on, on a cabin. Oh, yeah. And you were showing me they... and you were like, oh, yeah, this has been cored out and filled with foam. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah, there well, ways to... we don't want to replace the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's more the best structural integrity if it starts yeah. to rot out. Is and that's to... the thing. You always are trying to like. Figure out ways to repair it. Cause What's the best compromise? Yeah, yeah, you try never to replace something unless it's absolutely unless you necessary. Because you want to keep the originals, and if just part of it has to be repaired, then yeah. just fix that. Like, part, I don't know but... if people realize, maybe they've seen it when they go around the park during certain construction. Like, the first time I came here a few years back, mm-hmm. up on Trail Ridge Road, they were doing some road work and repairing some of those walls oh, yeah. that are up there. And, so yeah, I don't know if people realize, like, they take those, they photograph. Yeah. Very meticulously take them apart. They number every rock Uh and keep diagrams. And when it's done, they put every rock back. Back And they use the same techniques. And uh, we even have uh, you might you might know this. It's a it's a training area and like a facility that the Park Service has that's specifically for learning techniques Mm -hmm. for uh, maintaining historical structures and then yeah. they send crews out for really hard specialty jobs yeah it's I called like the past called. program i think something yeah we'll have to we'll have, Where, I'll have to look it up yeah they send different like historians and mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. preservation crews mm-hmm. to different parks just so they can learn like yeah. hey this is how we're doing this and mm-hmm. you guys could learn from this and implement it in your park yeah so when so we survey things you survey things we keep mm-hmm. track of them Mm-hmm. And then who is actually going out and doing um, the work to, to maintain things or to So Rocky things? has its own um, preservation crew. They're called um, the Special Projects Crew, I believe. Uh-huh. And they specialize in um, all the work done, maintenance work and rehabilitation work on historic structures. That's so super they're cool. separate sort of from building maintenance crews where they sort of go in and do their thing. But the preservation crew uh, specialized in working with old buildings and sort of using these special techniques to not alter anything mm-hmm. or do these repairs rather mm-hmm. than replacements of building features. Um, and uh, they're a really experienced crew. I know um, Bob 
Maitland, the crew lead, he's been in the park for ever. What? Yeah, he grew right? up like in this his park. Life. His dad yeah, <laughs> worked right? in the park, so he grew up here. Yeah, he's he a multi generational ranger. Yeah, grew up in some of the old houses that he's yep. fixing up today. So he's. Yeah. Yeah, it's really I mean, good people to have someone so knowledgeable. People I don't even realize, like even even our a lot of our park housing mm-hmm. is historic. Yeah. And so there's more than enough for that crew, that mm-hmm. specialized crew, to do all year round. Yeah, like, too exactly. much, really. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what kind of training do you have to have to come out and assess historic structures? Well, um, my education is in architecture, uh-huh. and I um, personally had taking quite a few courses in historic preservation. Mm-hmm. Um, How'd you get interested in historic preservation? Well, it was always kind of like a personal moral thing where I was into sort of preserving old buildings before before building something, like before building strip malls and stuff. I'm like, well, why aren't we fixing up these old buildings that we already have, we have in like city centers? Like we have this infrastructure and everything. We should be using those before we're using all these resources and wasting resources uh-huh. by tearing buildings uh-huh. down. So you felt like that even before yeah. architecture or is that, is that what it led you into architecture? It went hand in hand. Yeah. I really wanted to do architecture because I hated the way these suburbias were just being produced with these mm. cookie cutter houses and it kind of like got to me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, how could I get in there mm-hmm. and do something about it? So that's interesting. That's sort of, yeah. Yeah. Sort where, of, where are you from? I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. ABQ. Big ABQ. <laughs> Born and raised? Uh, no? Sort of? Raised in southern New Mexico. Okay. But I but, do so love New Albuquerque. Mexico. Yeah, yeah, Land yeah. of enchantment. Yep. Yeah. Such an enchanting, beautiful place with a lot of history. Yeah. So we do have a lot of old, old structures down there. Yeah. Um, really old. Mm-hmm. Like some of the oldest in the U.S. Yeah. Outside of like Florida dating back to the Spanish yeah right? before, exactly before Anglos even got in on that game <laughs> yeah. yeah so um yeah it was sort of just like my disgust for some of the new stuff being built which is what uh and were you seeing me. that like in Albuquerque or just yeah in there's like specifically this area outside of Rio or outside of Albuquerque called Rio Rancho it's like this new Kind of city, I guess. It's now its own city. Uh-huh. Um, just the epitome of, like, suburbia. Uh-huh. Where just parking lots everywhere, strip uh-huh. malls everywhere, like... And you're just like, this doesn't, uh, like to, this doesn't speak to me. We like to, to say, Water like, anywhere uh-huh. America, you anywhere know? Anywhere USA. Yeah. Yep. So, saw that going up. Hmm. Didn't like it at all. Uh-huh. And so I was like, well, let's go back to what we already have. And, like, uh-huh. what do I love about architecture? And a lot of time it's the detail and the care and the uh-huh. character of a lot of these structures that, you know, a lot of suburbias are missing character. It's just all kind of for sure produced cheaply, not made to last. Well, we were just talking earlier on the hike up. So, yeah, we, we didn't even mention. So we're at Sand, ba- Sand Beach Lake right now. Mm-hmm. You can't see it because it's audio. But I'll try to post a, a photo on the blog. Beautiful lake in Wild Basin. Um, neither yeah. of us had been here before. Me neither. It's such a little yeah, gem. Yeah, it's about four and a half miles hike in, mm-hmm. right? Some elevation gain. Not not completely uphill gruel, but lots of sections up. Yeah. And it really does have a ton of sand on the shore. It's, yeah, it's such a little gem out here. I had yeah, no it's, idea. it's very beautiful. There are people off in the distance. There's a group of yeah. like 
10 people with their towels and yep, bikinis just right now. Yeah, <laughs> I was I mean, like, it, wow, why didn't I think of that? And uh, this, <laughs> we were talking about this lake, Sand Beach. Oh, and we have a great view of Mount Meeker mm-hmm. and uh, kind of an interesting view of Long's Peak. Yeah, um, I don't look at it from this side that often, so mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. And Pagoda Mountain. And, and uh, this is one of the lakes in Rocky, which there are quite a few. Uh, that there's a couple. Ha- yeah, yeah. <laughs> which had, well, there's a couple lakes for sure. How many lakes are there? There's so many. But it's one of the lakes that had a, that was, um, it's a natural lake, but it was impounded to raise the water level to store even more water in the lake. So mm-hmm. it had a big earthen dam at the outlet. Yeah. And then during the Lawn Lake flood, which was 1987. Is that right? I believe so. Okay. Lawn Lake flood. Let's hope. We'll check our dates. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the Lawn Lake flood, that's a, the same kind of situation, a, a natural lake that had an earthen dam uh, impounding it to raise the water level. And it fell apart. <laughs> it just fell apart and gave way and all the water came down and that is an extremely dangerous and destructive situation so yeah after that happened a lot of damage i mean (laughs) you can't even imagine the people say they heard it check out the alluvial fan yeah go to the alluvial fan and you'll see just look at those boulders (laughs) that get moved around and and think about that how much water it would take to do that um and so when that happened uh, some of our other lakes, like Sand Beach Lake, is one of them that had the earthen dams. There was a process of going in and, and yeah. taking them out mm-hmm. to both return it to a more natural state and to get rid of that danger. So anyway, that's where we're sitting, and we hiked up the trail to look at historic uh, trail structures, right? Mm-hmm. So we had some bog walks, we had a little bit of rock walls. Yes, and built rock walls, like a few bridges. Obviously, like the bridges have been replaced. Yeah. Wood structures, you know, those have to yeah, be they replaced. Yeah, don't, they don't but... last forever. Mm-hmm. We haven't found the infinite wood yet. <laughs> yeah, so we're up here at Sand Beach, Sand Beach Lake. So, had you done anything with architecture before um, you went to school for it? To um, well, honestly, I had always wanted to be an artist. Uh-huh. I used to tell my mom I wanted to be an art teacher. Uh-huh. She was like, "Oh, that's great, but..." Don't you want to do something that makes a little more money? Uh. And I was like, ah, no, no, no. But then I got into a single drafting class in high school, and I discovered that my perfectionism ah, really pulled itself through. Well <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that as somebody who likes to make maps. Yeah, very similar. It's, it's, it's so like fun. it's artistic. It is and artistic. creative, but draw. also very technical. Yeah, and very but there is a precise. right way. Yeah, like you gotta be. It's like yeah. it's, it's 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 creativity and art inside of very particular rules. Yeah. Yeah. But it, there's still room for creativity. Yeah. So after that first drafting class, I honestly knew that that's what but I wanted, what to, wanted do. to do. Yeah. It was I could just sit there for hours and draw yep. floor plans and building plans and, and do the weird architectural and... hand lettering. What's yeah. that script called? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's funny. It looks the same. Like yeah, you just you just have to write in caps. All yeah, the time. you just no learn. lowercase. Yeah, just, exactly. And then you even they're like, okay, now make up your own. So you were interested in art. <laughs> you yeah, tried so drafting. Love drafting. And the drafting figured was great. That, uh, architecture was the mm-hmm. perfect balance between like art and uh-huh. something like yep. functional. You know, uh-huh. like something. Yep. It could be used and totally. inhabited, so yep. I like to call it, like, functional art, even uh-huh. though that kind of, 
I don't know, undermines yeah. art <laughs> as non-functional. I don't like to say that, but. Well, I don't know. Kant might agree with <laughs> I took this class in college called uh, The Art of Walking, which everyone thinks is like a fluff class, but it really wasn't. It was a three-week class, and uh, we would we would walk every day, but in the mornings we would do pretty hardcore uh, philosophy. Mm. And one of the main things that we focused on was Kant's critique of judgment. Oh. And uh, one of the things he says is that for something to be um, truly just a, a piece of art or an aesthetic object, or at least when you're perceiving it as an mm-hmm. aesthetic object, mm-hmm. that it has to ha- it has to be without purpose. Mm, the translation, I don't know what the German for it is, but the translation was purposelessness. <laughs> so in his opinion, only one very extremely famous and important philosopher's opinion, yeah. um, that if you're thinking of something in its functional way, it isn't like, doesn't, art in the same way yeah i mean it is but it's not the same yeah. so anyway i don't, think you, I don't the, think you should be that's always bad. the challenge though is like trying to uh like mesh a beautiful form with it's like basic function or something like one well, especially in architecture yeah because yeah i mean it's you're dealing with with appearance and form and how you want it to look and mm-hmm. operate on an aesthetic level but yeah. also, it has to stand up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And be and be and affordable. People can be running into each and other all the be time. Be repairable yeah. and, and be efficient. Yeah, and, and allow for good air circulation mm-hmm. and heating and cool. So it's yeah, it is creative. It's kind of similar. And, yeah, yeah. Creativity inside of tons of of constraints. Yeah. That's why when you do, and for me, when I do see a building that is like, wow, this is a beautiful building. Mm-hmm. It's just like a work of art but it yeah. works and it's and fun only, to be in only then has the architect su- succeeded yeah it happens <laughs> it happens sometimes i've had the opposite too where you're like i see what you were going for yeah no there's some really this isn't the most pleasant building. yeah so you did the drafting yeah and got you kind into of realized that was it school, and then you got an architecture school applied got in uh went to school at university of new mexico still in albuquerque new mexico strong mm-hmm. yep, yep. It was on a budget, so hey. <laughs> in-state yeah, was man. the way to go. No, it was a really great school, though. Yeah. Um, awesome professors, yeah. really good facilities. And when was your first, um, is this a job that you're in or an internship now? Uh, this is a graduate assistance. assistantship. Oh, that's right. Or it's like a program, Yeah. right? So, so when, I, was, when was the first time that you, you did this here at Rocky? Um, my first year in Rocky was... Three years ago, so in 2014. Had you done a summer thing before that? Yeah, the uh, summer before that in 2013, um, I was doing the same position in Yellowstone National Park. Nice. So it's really interesting to see the difference in areas, difference in parks, like Mm -hmm. both the magnitude of the the structures, the quantity. Yeah, I mean, they're eight times bigger in area than us. Exactly. So it's... It's yeah, and even much. just like here, um, Actually, like Rocky doesn't have any hotels or lodges or anything in the yep. park, whereas Yellowstone has a ton of yes, those and they're in big. the park and a ton of restaurants and mm-hmm. a lot of concession-run facilities. Yep, whole other scale. Yeah, so definitely different, like entire little towns in the park. Yes, where here, yeah, we've managed to keep those out. Yeah, the towns the are. Yeah, the towns are at the entrance. Yeah, you're right. In Yellowstone, mm-hmm. it is. It's like. It's like, a, you know, a few small, really small towns. Yeah. Although, 
Grand Canyon, not, I mean, not, not Grand Canyon, Old Faithful, not that small, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, um, pretty big. And, and they're all inside one national park. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing. So you did that for a year. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I worked in Yellowstone for two years. Oh, nice. Yellowstone has a special place. In my, oh, yeah. In my heart. I yeah. would go back anytime. Could really only explore, like. Oh, yeah. It's. A 50th of the park it's in crazy. one summer. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, my first summer there, um, I was making, I was a um, room attendant. Oh. Or Zantara. Oh, I'm Canyon. sorry. I'm just yeah, it was okay. It was chill. You know, it was laid back, no stress. Yeah. Um, so I would just make up rooms, and sometimes you'd have to wait for bison to move off the porches. <laughs> yeah. Like but yeah. the nice thing was, because it was no stress in mm-hmm. terms of like, it was not a lot of thought went into it. Yeah. You know? Um, we just hiked. Oh all yeah. The time. On the weekends. Those are the kind of people who get those jobs. And, yeah, exactly. That's why like, we're all there. What else are you doing there? Yeah. <laughs> if not and so going around hiking and being I outdoors. hiked around a lot, like all the time. And yeah, I mm-hmm. saw just a fraction. Yeah. It's so big. Mm-hmm. Um, including like some areas like the southeast and southwest corners mm-hmm. where you're never going to see them unless you have time to hike, you know, 50, 60 mile yeah. round trip. Because mm-hmm. it just takes so long, like the thoroughfare getting down in there. Yeah, or, isn't um, it like one of the most remote places? I think that yeah, I think that somewhere down, way down in south uh, just east, just in terms of being farthest from roads. Yeah, and I stuff, think somewhere like, way down in southeast Yellowstone is yeah the the spot in the lower forty eight that's the farthest from any mm-hmm. um, road. I don't know if it's paved road or town or something, but I think it's the mm-hmm. by some measure the yeah the most remote spot <laughs> yeah. in the lower 48 right and then the one up in alaska one there, there's one up in Al- the one in alaska is a on a whole other scale oh yeah it's like 300 miles from the nearest thing instead of 30 but yeah that, they win by that's a different shot. but yeah yellowstone's huge yeah so you did that and then you came yeah. here mm-hmm. um year two what's the name of the program that you're um, in is it a defined program or was it just a no, relationship with it's like with an internship through my university and yeah. through my architecture school yeah. specifically. Mm-hmm. So students from either the school of architecture or the school of landscape architecture or um, historic preservation yeah. or regional planning, cool. they can all apply to this. And then um, they hire a handful of us, anywhere from like four to six of us. Mm-hmm. And then we're each sent out to our own park for mm-hmm. the summer. So there's pretty yep. much just one of us in the park. Um, our specific program is just the Intermountain region. So mm-hmm. pretty much from northern Montana up in Glacier to uh, like southwest Texas. Yep. Is Intermountain region as the Park Service defines it or just? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For folks who don't know, um, <laughs> the Park Service were divided into re- geographical regions. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly for management purposes. Yeah. Just, and so. Intermountain is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has so many parks. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go online and search like NPS or National Park Service region, mm-hmm. region there's map, what, like eight, it'll come up. Seven, six. Oh gosh, there's Northeast, Southeast, Midwest, Pacific, Pacific West. West. Uh, it, Alaska used to be included deep. in that, but I think Alaska is its own. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. I would have to look at a map, but. Yeah. And then Intermountain. So you were there, and then you went back to school for a year, and then came here. Mm-hmm. So you already talked a little bit about how Rocky compared to Yellowstone in terms of just yeah. the scale in terms of buildings is, is very different. How mm-hmm. else did it compare? Had you been to Rocky before? Um, no, I had never been to Rocky yeah, what'd before. What did you think when you first got here? I was bewildered. I was like, 
this has been you think my about neighbor this? These, yeah. my whole life yeah, and I've that's never that's true. been here. It's not that far. No. I mean, it's it really a day's isn't. drive. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about it compared to Yellowstone in terms of like the scenery? Um, Very different. Different. Yeah, for sure. Both in the sense of the wildlife that's around. There yeah. are a lot of we're missing bison a few species and wolves here. up there. Yeah, we're missing a few um, species in Rocky. Yeah, yeah I and love... not being in grizzly country is a very different. Oh my experience. god, it's so nice! <laughs> it's so nice hiking when there are no grizzlies to worry it's about. It's very different. It's kind of always in the back of your head. It is, when you're hiking yeah. It, I've talked to people about it because I Yellowstone and then yeah. Denali, and and I miss it in a lot of ways because it puts. Kind I don't know. It just edge it just your... puts a whole different feel on the trip. You yeah, know? I mean the danger still statistically is <laughs> is really low. Yeah. relatively speaking yeah but they but are it, it, it is an it is a danger yeah you know? and, i remember and, just and taking a walk around my dorm building in yellowstone it was like sun had already gone down walking back to my dorm and this ranger rolls up he's like do you guys have your bear spray on you and we were like eh, no yep. we're just taking a little stroll he's like okay well someone just spotted a grizzly by your dorm so uh yep where, where <laughs> did you live mammoth yeah mammoth hot yeah. springs yep so that was a Fun yeah, walk you home. always. Yeah, I always had bear spray. <laughs> yeah, on. from then on, you're like, just, okay, it's worth it. Because even like when I was in Denali, even wor- even walking to the the hangout spot for all the employees. Yeah, even there, you would see because they are around everywhere. They're, They're everywhere. Like, yeah, they can go wherever they want. <laughs> they, and can they can do, do whatever, whatever they, want. they want exactly and no that's one what put, can say that's what puts boo. a different feel on it. Is yeah. when you're out there at some level, you're just like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. So that's definitely a big difference. Also, there's. I would say over a thousand historic structures in Yellowstone. Wow. Whereas here, they're probably around uh, 300 total. Okay. So still a lot for the size, but yeah. way less. Yeah. And a lot of them way smaller. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, like Yellowstone Lodge, that counts as one, right? Yeah, that took me like a whole day and a half <sighs> That's to huge. take it's photos of. an amazing of building. Take notes of, yeah. Really cool. Yeah, I can't believe that when, uh, who who's the architect on? forgetting his name now but he was so young he was so young when he designed that it's just kind of mind-blowing anyway yeah um Uh, and then the other thing that surprised me when i went to yellowstone for the first time because i had i kind of i i'd never been out west uh so i had this thing in my head of just like mountains you know and there are mountains for sure there's a lot of mountains Mm -hmm. but there's a ton of it that is not no, it's, it's no, no, kind no. of flat mm-hmm. lodgepole forest as far as the eye can see. Yeah, you're glacier like up basin, in the mountains, but geyser basins. Once you're there, I feel like the mountains here feel more prominent. Yeah, they dominate. Yeah, everywhere. No matter where you go, you don't get away from them. Uh-huh. Whereas there, depending on what part of the park you're in, it's very mm-hmm. mountainous. But you yeah. can be like if you're in the center of the park or mm-hmm. um, down like southwest corner. Mm-hmm. It's it's not. Yeah, and I love the alpine country up here. Yeah. It's one of my favorite parts yeah. about it's the beautiful. park is just yeah. the hikes through the alpine yeah. country. So this is your third year. Third year here. Doing this. Yes. What keeps you coming back? Oh, everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> have you seen Rocky Mountain National Park? I have park? seen Rocky Mountain National Park. <laughs> I definitely have. It's very amazing. Yeah, it's I a, don't know. It's a blessed place to be Honestly, for sure. if you study architecture, you're probably going to end up getting a job in a city sure. in yeah. an urban area Vast majority so just the fact that i get to come out here and be surrounded by wilderness and yep. forests and lakes and stuff like i consider that a rare opportunity uh-huh. and 
the fact that I get to sometimes come out and look at old trails yep. for work and be, go into yeah. the backcountry and find these little cabins. Sometimes I'll go find little cabin ruins that nobody has really looked at for years just because it's not something that the park maintains. Mm -hmm. But we sort of have to keep account of those things. Mm -hmm. Like So just it's a combination of mm -hmm. all those things and then being able to stay on this little historic ranch called oh, good, that's right. good Old McGraw. You live at McGraw, don't you? Yeah, it's this oh, wow. historic dude ranch. McGraw is amazing. Made for... or rehabilitated for researchers yeah. to stay in when they need to come into the park mm -hmm. and stay for a week or mm -hmm. three months or something. I forgot that you live out there. Yeah. Oh, so, it's so nice. It's, it's so peaceful. Yeah. gives me a good appreciation for all things natural and built and just how those interplay with one another. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. It's also interesting just to note that this park has really pulled back in the amount of built structures in the park like That's i would say point. now it probably has maybe a third to a quarter of what it once had of what it once had yeah i don't think there people was, realize i didn't realize that when i came here that there were yeah. tons of lodges and yeah and real big lodges restaurants in moraine park there used to be a golf course <laughs> and Nine some golf swimming, course, right? pools. swimming pools yeah yep. So And over time, the park has acquired those things. Mm -hmm. There was just them. a period of time, too, when it was, fortunately, pulling back from all of its developed areas and realizing, hey, we need to really protect this and mm. sort of convert it back to its natural state, which is why it's so beautiful and undeveloped today. Mm -hmm. And in hindsight, like some of those buildings were really cool and great. But there has to be this balance. You obviously... Nowadays, I think it's really great that we don't have any lodges in the park and too many campgrounds or swimming pools and golf courses, you know, like that just yeah. takes away from what a national park well, is. Especially a park is. like this where, um, like we were talking about, you're never that far from town. No. You're never that far from yeah. a gateway community. So exactly. it's and not like... You have big cities around. If, right. you, want a, well, if you want those amenities, exactly. they're close. It's not like Yellowstone where it's like, well, if there weren't yeah. any lodges in Yellowstone, yeah, <laughs> then everyone would be driving like yeah. three hours plus a day yeah. to get anywhere. Three hours just to get through the just park. Just to get Another in. like two hours and to the nearest just city. Just to get out, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that is that is it's an interesting dynamic. But yeah, that I that surprised me when I first learned about that mm -hmm. when I came here. That so many things had been removed yeah. over time, and that it's just one a day, decision yet. One day soon, maybe I want to make a map of all of the structures that used to exist That'd in be the really park. cool, yeah. So people can gauge, like, what it yeah, used, what it to, used be to be and then what That'd it be is really now. Cool. That's yeah. a great idea. Mm -hmm. um, there was a student group from CSU, I think, or something like that, that did one of those just from Marine Park. Mm -hmm. They mapped where everything had been to mm -hmm. kind of explore the history of it. And it yeah. was really cool. It would be neat to see that for the, yeah. for the entire park. A big undertaking but yes <laughs> there are a lot of like resources and places to pull from but yeah. not one big comprehensive yeah so as a as an architect and as someone interested in historic structures and keeping things repaired and <laughs> using what we already have and mm -hmm. all those things um what would you say to visitors when they're coming to visit? Like, what tip would you give from that from that perspective about the park? Mm, I would say 
inquire about it Mm -hmm. because be aware of it yeah i mean just like notice the buildings around you and know that those are a lot older than anyone's houses that they're living in or a lot of the cities that they live in Uh you know like and just to sort of appreciate the people that were there before you and just think about their lifestyle and how they lived before you and what they were thinking of when they passed through the place Mm -hmm. and just pretending like you were there a hundred years ago or Mm -hmm. even before that. Mm -hmm. And then just having a respect for it, you know, not sort of like the leave no trace thing, like don't be tampering with any of the stuff that you're seeing. Don't be messing with any of the buildings or carving your initials into them you right. know like yep it might be cool for you in the moment but <laughs> yeah but then it's not really everyone, cool for anybody else yeah, later it, down it the road for everyone that comes comes after you yeah exactly that's a very good point we just want these things to be like in the best condition possible mm-hmm. for generations way down the road yeah. you know like even buildings that you think don't look that old well in a hundred years, they're they going to be. be really cool. That's true. And people are going to be like, oh, I wish these were taken mm-hmm. care of a little better mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, I would definitely recommend that to everybody. Is just remember that it's not just a park. Like, it's not just hiking and backpacking and wildlife. It is all those things for sure. But mm-hmm. it's also a place where people come and live and work and and stay. And for that to happen, there have to be facilities and structures Mm-hmm. and uh you know even when you're out hiking just taking a moment to think about how hard <laughs> some <laughs> right. people a group of people work to make that trail yeah i mean mm-hmm. i don't think people i don't or i didn't for a long time have an appreciation of just how hard it is to build, build mm-hmm. a mile of trail yeah it's crazy mm-hmm. you know it's so much work that people are doing yeah um, much for us so that their... then we can enjoy it you know, yeah, for the trails crews then and now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna, um, we're definitely gonna get with the trail crew and cover some of that work. Nice. Maybe in depth, so yeah. people can kind of. And definitely it. check out some of those um, backcountry cabins if you see yeah, them. Go up to them, peek you, in the windows. They're yeah, cool. Yeah, you can go up to them and look around. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Just you know, don't, don't try getting in. Don't try getting in. <laughs> and sometimes there are, there is, there may be a ranger staying mm-hmm. there, stationed there, and yeah, they'll let they'll you be peek perfectly inside. happy to talk to you and. Uh, yeah check in with you and say mm-hmm. hey say what's up it's really cool because some of those old cabins have log books from yeah back in the you can read 60s so, yeah you can read like strangers read way back <laughs> yeah it's funny how much things haven't changed really puts in perspective yeah <laughs> yeah oh wow like, same oh, same yeah. problems different same, day exactly <laughs> different decade especially back there where it's so um you know, your phone doesn't work back there. Or yeah. No, so it's, you pretty much live in the same way, pulling your water out of the creek and mm-hmm. filtering. And yep, using the privy out back. Darn, darn right. <laughs> Spending the night with the squirrels and the mice. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else you want to cover or that you want to make sure listeners know about? Mm, no, I think we've a good job it. and hopefully not bored them to death. Oh, no, no definitely. <laughs> definitely not. I know our, I get excited about it, but I forget not everyone. <laughs> our listeners don't get bored. <laughs> no. And if they do, they can just skip to the next episode. Oh, okay, it's no yeah. big deal. But, <laughs> no, our, our point, listeners are, done good. are, are uh, scholars with <laughs> interests that run the gamut. So I'm sure. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, one Nothing of the reasons why less. I wanted to talk to you is because I think it is just something that 
that people, including myself, it's just easy to forget about. Yeah. The cultural side, mm-hmm. the, the, all the resources that we have in the park. And, yeah, plenty you know, just of think natural, about, like last year we had 4.5 million people come mm-hmm. to the park. Mm-hmm. And so it is a place that it's like mm-hmm. a, it's a, destination. a destination with a lot of history. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot just of history. Think about that and remember mm-hmm. it. And think of our cultural resources folks who are out there surveying Yay. and working on things and maintaining things um, mm-hmm. so that hopefully they'll be there, you know, 100 years from now, 200 yeah. years from now, 300 years from now. Yeah. Hopefully forever. So <laughs> yeah. That's what we're going for. That's our goal. You have forever. to have high goals. Yeah. <laughs> so, one final question before we sign off from yeah. Sand, Be- Sand Beach Lake. We've been asking everyone this question. Oh. Uh, it's a pretty open question. Okay. What does Rocky mean to you? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like in your life or... Uh, Rocky has honestly become, like, my second home. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'll be back next year because the work I'm doing is kind of getting wrapped up this year. But right. It's kind of where I feel... And you recently graduated. And, yeah. yeah. Um, I kind of just feel like more human uh-huh. out here. Yep. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, I feel more human when I'm around less humans. <laughs> I can... <laughs> For some reason. I can very much relate to that. And I I, we've like, heard that from a lot of people yeah, this yeah. already on the podcast. Yeah. We've talked to. They're like, I don't know. I just feel more myself or, you know. Yeah, you just like... It's very introspective. Mm-hmm. Um, it's inspiring. It's humbling. Just mm-hmm. the scale of the mountains around you and the vastness of the trees and the power of the water that you see, like, really puts you in your place yes. as a human. Like, we tend to get on our high horses and just get stuck in the bustle of the city and yep. think that whatever we're doing that day is the most important thing in the world and nothing else is as important but then you come out here and you're like this is what's really important absolutely snaps you out of it yeah like you don't have a choice if you get mm -hmm. out in it it's just it's gonna happen yeah and i feel i love feeling like less powerful than nature and like i don't know at nature's wheel will the mountains are really good at that (laughs) yeah so rocky has become this place that I think about all year yeah. until I get to come back. And, and you think that your time here, even if you don't come back, is going to influence your your um, sure. career and, yeah. and life going forward? I knew like nothing about the park service until my first year as an yeah. intern. I was like, oh my gosh, there's that much that goes on. Like, mm-hmm. There's people doing this stuff and this stuff and entire divisions dedicated to this. So I really opened my eyes and gave me a new respect for the park service Mm -hmm. like I always tell my friends like okay yeah I'm going out to my internship for the park and they're like oh you're a ranger like everyone just assumes there's just rangers rangers. out here and I'm like no that's like one little part of what the park service is about but yeah that's why we're that's one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast nice yeah it's just to talk to people and let mm-hmm. people see all the amazing folks, interesting yeah. folks doing stuff that you would never even know about. Yeah. So even if I don't come back as the historic structures yeah. tech intern next year, I'm sure I'll be back in my future. Yeah. We'll always be here. Yeah. You'll always be here. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yep. Well, thank you so much for talking yeah. to us. I guess Thanks we'll pack this, pack this stuff up and... 
don't look doesn't look like thunderstorms so no that's good to go we'll pack yet. up and head back down the trail yep great thanks yeah thanks miles bye man bye i love that isn't it fun? <laughs>episode will be released on friday september 22nd for show notes transcriptions and to learn more about our show visit our homepage at go.nps.gov forward slash rmn pod that's go.nps.gov forward slash rmn pod the rocky mountain national podcast is a product of rocky mountain national park one of 417 units of the national park service that preserve America's heritage for all, forever. Stay classy, Rocky Rangers.